Hi, welcome back. I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to... Two Sober Chicks! Live from Sarah's Backyard! You will hear the various associated urban noises, <laughs> such as the helicopter that just went by, the yep. planes that go overhead because we're in the flight path. Someone's got a weed whacker out. Yep. And Julie's not shaving her legs. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> You're like the least hairy person that I have ever seen in my life. I am life. very feminine. I yeah, like so. to look a certain way. <laughs> when we were going outside, she was like, I don't know if I have enough time to shave my legs. There's not even any hair on your legs. Well, that's it. why I'm wearing a floor-length maxi dress. <laughs> it hides beautiful. everything. Yeah. You're so fashionable. Why, thank you. Yeah, it's so beautiful out here. We just had to, we had to do an outdoor podcast again. It's been a while. The last time we did one, it was kind of cold. What month was that? We were at De- the- no, December. First weekend of December. No. No. Because we were on the porch at Dr. Bob's house like three oh, or four right. weeks ago. And that was You're outside. Right. I stand corrected. I'm not afraid to admit I'm wrong because I never am. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened now. Um, yes, that's right. So this is the second one. we No, we've done three outdoor podcasts then. Yes. So anyway, and I kind of like them. Cause they're I do very too. Au naturel. There's no studio effects or anything. No. Nope. I am sitting... I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> well, it's okay because we have Sarah Ooh. talking up a mile a minute back there to another friend of ours. So. Yeah. So you might hear some background noise and the birds. That's kind of nice. Birds are nice. Hopefully you can hear the birds because that kind of reminds me of Oprah's Super Soul Sundays. Oh. She clearly does them in her yard. She does. Yeah. And you can hear all the birds and everything. So. All right. So let's get down to it. It's Julie and Lisa. It's two sober chicks. And we have a listener email today we're very excited about. We do. We, we do have love it. Um, Angelica from California. We love her. She sends us great questions. And she emailed us a question not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. Okay. And it's a really good one because it's kind of difficult to answer. And her question is, how do I fully surrender daily to God? It's a great question. Uh-huh. It is a great question. Um, I remember for me this was all also a very difficult thing for me to do. I struggled with this a lot because um, at first it was the whole concept of believing in a higher power. First of all, <laughs> that step was difficult enough as it is. And then it's like, well, how do I know if I'm doing God's will? And how do I surrender my will to a higher power? What does that look like? And I remember one of the things I will never forget was um, Luke saying to me, um, I would say, but that's hard. That sounds hard. And he would look at me and say, doing it your way is easy? Mm. You know, or something like, how's that working for you? How's your way working for you? Yeah. I hear a Jewish mother in my voice. Yeah. And your way's so easy? (laughs) So yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind. Think about um, when you are trying to run your own life and that control. For me, one of my character defects was um, being a control freak having this delusion that I could actually control everything around me, the outcome of everything, uh, how other people behaved, um, whether or not people liked me or not. Which is an issue of trust. If you have to control, it's because you don't trust. Right. Yet we surrendered everything fully into the hands of alcohol over and over and over. Didn't even question it. Nope. That was the altar I worshipped at for a long time. Our safety, all our decisions... The decisions were clearly taken away from us, made Mm -hmm. by some substance. So, yeah, that is a great question. Yeah. I, for me, I had to start at willingness. So whenever I do something, I have to start at ground level. And ground level is surrendering to God was like on, 
higher level. I had to get my foundation first, which was please help me to be willing to consider the possibility that I can surrender whatever's going on with me to a power that I don't even really believe in. Right. And my, I saw the fruits of my first surrender when I was told to go and pray for the first time on my knees at a women's retreat when I was asked to speak as the newcomer. And I was like, there's no way I can get up in front of these people and talk, these women and talk. And I was told to go get on my knees in the chapel and pray, which I did. Uh, not because I wanted to do it, but because at that point, I couldn't say no when somebody told me to do something. And not because, oh, they in AA, if they ask you to do anything, say yes. I don't actually fully agree with that statement. Just I never knew how to say no. So I went and I did it. Mm-hmm. And then after the first few minutes of speaking, I felt some peace wash over me. And for whatever reason, in my gut, I was like, oh, I think I know where this peace is coming from. This peace is coming to me because of what I was doing, praying this afternoon. And Neat. that's when my, I went, I get it now. And all I did really was get on my knees and pray to God and say, please help me. Please help me to do this. Please help me. Like that's literally, I think the extent of my prayers was please help me to do this. I'm afraid. That's great. You actually have a moment. I think our friend Sarah has a moment. I do. That's my step three moment right there. And I I think mine was more gradual. I don't know if it was an actual moment Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just because it took me a while to actually recognize that it was working, that that power greater than me was actually working. And, and by working, I don't mean that I'm getting everything I want because that, that was what confused me in the beginning. For I also thought that if I did this and surrendered, then everything would just go my way. No. Life on life's terms. Things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Things I don't like are going to continue to happen. Um, but when I have a power that's greater than myself that I can rely on, then those things are easier for me to deal with yeah. and swallow and handle with grace. I, I can actually say and feel quite confident in this today that I actually have grace today. And that's mm. not something that I had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I can lose it, for sure. I have moments where maybe I'm not so graceful or I'm not handling things with grace. But if I go back to the basics and go back to working the steps, it always comes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about how do I surrender my will? This is the question that Angelica has asked us today. How do I surrender my will to God each and every day? Another thing that came to my mind was um, basic things like um, asking for help. Uh, when When I was new in this program, I didn't know how to do anything. And so the willingness was important that Julie talked about and keeping an open mind. And then I had to actually do the things that were suggested of me. So um, when my sponsor said, why don't you ask for help from something greater than yourself, from your higher power, pray. My first um, impulse, my first response to that was one of defiance because I didn't like that idea because I didn't believe in that. So how dare you suggest that to me? So I was defiant. But that was my old way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So in order to progress and to have change happen, I have to make changes within myself as well. So... That's why for me, it was very important to do the things that were suggested by a sponsor, Um, which is why when we went to Dr. Bob's home and I was reading one of the, I guess it was the first edition of the big book, where it talked about um, directions. It talked about these are the directions. Mm. It didn't talk about suggestions. Here here are the steps. These are the directions. They softened it over the years. They did. (laughs) And uh, and I have an old school sponsor. So that really spoke to me. I'm like, yes, because I needed those directions because I was defiant. And you can't be defiant and be reliant 
at the same time. Mm -hmm. You can't be reliant on a power greater than yourself. If you are still stubborn and pig-headed like I was and trying to do it your way all the time. So um, prayer, meditation, and asking for help. Like you said, ask mm -hmm. for God's, uh, ask for the willingness. And for me, it's like saying, okay, God, I am open. I am open and I am willing. Please guide me to the next right thing. Yeah. That was a very simple prayer for me. Well, and trust, like they don't call it a leap of faith for nothing. Sometimes you just have to jump and trust that something's going to catch you. And that you can only do that, you can only build that muscle by consistently doing it over and over. And sometimes it's not getting in the way. Relying on your higher power can simply be saying a prayer and saying, I am not going to get in the way of this. Please, God, show me how to do this. I'm not going to will it. I'm not going to go in with guns blazing. I'm just going to go in easy. Uh, one of my mentors says, be water, not rock. Just go in easy and see where it takes you. Oh, that's nice. Be water, not rock. Um, that reminds me of something else I heard, and I don't know if it was from Luke or if it was from one of my other many sponsors that I've had over the years about... Um, um, being the river mm. you know going with the river going with the flow instead of pushing against it that because I did that a lot yeah. I would always go the opposite way if everyone was like walking in a crowd you know at a stadium everyone's leaving and you're trying to get in yeah it's that kind of uh, momentum resistance is futile <laughs> and also you talked about directions versus suggestions so mm -hmm. we have an old timer at our group that his sponsor told him yes these are suggestions i love it i wrote this down i was gonna say no way thing. go for it i love yes, it yes these are suggestions what a lovely way to say it he said it's also suggested when you jump out of a plane that you pull out the the rip cord so that your parachute deploys that's <laughs> yeah. also a suggestion <laughs> yes, a life-saving suggestion. Yes. And I think the uh, the 12 steps are the same type of suggestions. Yes. Life-saving suggestions. We suggest you don't drink and come to meetings. <laughs> you don't have to. Mm -mm. But look at the results for the people that don't drink and come to meetings versus the people that... And you know what? If you want to drink and come to a meeting... Go fucking do it. It's yeah. honestly okay. People think that you have to be sober before or even in a meeting. Guess what? You don't. Yeah. We've been at meetings where people are going into the bathroom and chugging from a bottle. And that's okay. Because if alcoholics cannot come to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, we are dead in the water. Yeah. And um, at least you're getting a little bit of the message. You know, you're probably not going to... Um, become sober right away because you're still drinking you're still doing the one of the things that we suggest you don't do mm -hmm. but at least there's a willingness there something in you is saying i need to go to an aa meeting mm -hmm. and this guy who um luke has uh speak for him quite often uh, his medallions it always seems to be the same speaker and he talks about um he used to wake up out of blackouts at aa meetings oh i love it <laughs> he's like so if drunk you is getting your ass to a meeting <laughs> and you wake up from a blackout in an AA meeting, plane, plane, <laughs> then you are probably in the right place. Yep. It's okay. And I have people I know that say, but it makes me want to get drunk when I go to a meeting. Well, but aren't you getting drunk anyways? <laughs> go to a meeting and drink after then. Like I have no issues with that. Do what you got to do to sit your ass in that chair yeah. because What's happening is not simply on a tangible physical level. Something is happening to your soul. Something's happening to your spirit and your heart when you're at a meeting. And that's a, most of what this 
program is. It's something we can't explain. This is a ethereal, magical thing that happens yeah. when we just start to follow the suggestions lined out for us. Like, I, I can't explain it, I, but I can say that my life is uh, exponentially better than it used to be when I didn't follow God's will, when I did things my way, and I didn't do things that were suggested. Yeah. I just went to meetings. And um, I had a sponsor, but I didn't call that sponsor, and I didn't do the steps, and I didn't do any work. You know, so I, w- I was sort of half-assing it, right? Half mm-hmm. measures availed us nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a beginning because I started to hear things. And also, I was around people, and I was looking at them going, how come it's good for them, but it's not good for me? Mm. How come they get it, but I don't get it? Mm-hmm. And you can only play the tiny violin for so long and have your pity party of one for so long before, I think, eventually, the bottom drops out and you go, okay, what the fuck? What am I doing wrong? Okay, I'm not doing this. That guy's sober, he's been sober for 30 years, and he does this, this, and this. I'm going to try that. That takes a lot of awareness, though. Most people would be like, it doesn't work for me. I'm different. I'm terminally unique. Mm. These people are crazy. They're liars. Yeah, that was me. And then I went out. And then you hit bottom, <laughs> and bottom. And then I hit bottom, bottom. And then I came back. And then I was like, okay, so what am I not doing? What can I do differently this time? Yeah. But yes, I remember that. Being terminally unique. I love that saying. Because mm-hmm. it almost killed me. Mm-hmm. that uniqueness thinking that I was unique and it just you know that one person that you meet it it takes hearing that one great phrase like um why don't you try listening for the things that are the same in you and the speaker as opposed to shutting down because oh you didn't work in construction so you're not an alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> you've never been to prison well I'm not an alcoholic yeah. you know try to listen for something that is the same yeah. did you drink to cope with uh, problems in your life oh check you know and you don't have to drink every day oh well maybe I am an alcoholic then yep so well we hope that helped out That's, uh, we've come to the end of this podcast and we're going to test it hopefully the sound was okay as we sat outside we're really loving being outside in Toronto so nice. We don't have that many months of nice, sunny, hot weather. No, we so don't. It we is take Canada. Advantage of it. <laughs> and you were shocked when you got back from the United States. Oh my gosh! It was like 40 degrees. No, I don't know what it, that is in Fahrenheit. <laughs> it was like 40 degrees. I'm in the south. I come back here. It's 20. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sad. I know. But here we are. We love having you here. I'm glad mm, you're here. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again. If you have uh, a question like Angelica did, uh, then please email us at the number two sober chicks at gmail.com. And you can also visit us on Facebook. We love our Facebook friends at two sober chicks. And you can also see, is that our handle or whatever you call it on Facebook? I think so. Okay. Sober chicks. You can also see our videos of our trip to Dr. Bob's and our road oh, yeah. trip and all kinds of other fun stuff. So yep. go on and check it check it out we're drinking out of sarah's dr bob's home cups it says i drank at dr bob's (laughs) hilarious sober humor i love it thanks for joining us i'm lisa i'm julie and this has been two Two sober Sober Chicks. chicks see you next time